Welcome to Always Andersonville, the podcast. Today, we are joined by Sarah Dasek. Sarah is a Chicago native and the owner of Early to Bed, Chicago's first woman-owned, women-oriented, boy-friendly, queer, and trans-positive feminist sex shop located 5044 North Clark. Early to Bed is committed to helping people of all genders and orientations explore their sexuality to the fullest and has been helping people have great sex since 2001. Hello and welcome, Sarah. How are you today? Hi, I'm great. Thanks for having me here, you guys, today. It's a really nice sunny day in Andersonville, so I'm happy. Great. And we were just talking before we started. Your name is spelled S-E-A-R-A-H, which is very unique. Is there a story behind your name's (laughs) genesis? Well, it is definitely not the name my parents gave me, or not the spelling my parents gave me. Um, when I I was born in 1973, which I think like 80% of the world's Sarahs were, and there was so many Sarahs in my middle school that I wanted to stand out. I was also, you know, in middle school and searching for my identity, so I started spelling it with an E to be cool, and when I kind of realized that maybe I didn't need to do that, my grandma had already started spelling it with the E, so... I decided that that would just be my name. So it's not legally that way, but it is on all my business cards and correspondence and everyone spells it that way now. Well, as a fellow Sarah, I stand in solidarity (laughs) with that. So you say that early to bed grew out of being a frustrated consumer. Can Mm -hmm. you tell us about your career path and also why you chose to open your business in Andersonville? Well, um, I was in graduate school at the Art Institute, and I was spending a lot of time crying in my studio and not really producing a lot and sort of struggling with that being my life path. Uh, And I had started taking a personal interest in the sex toy industry and had felt that the stores that were available in Chicago at the time, so this would be the late 90s, were not supportive of my um, sexual orientation. They weren't supportive of my desire for high quality products. They were not education focused. They left me feeling creeped out rather than excited. And I just had this kind of aha moment that I needed to do something to solve this problem I felt like there was. And I needed something to do with my life. And it couldn't be that hard to buy some stuff and sell it for more than I bought it for. And I love talking about sex. So that was a really kind of easy way to, you know, know that was a good decision. Um, And I actually opened, I was on Sheridan Road when I opened for the first 10 years because at the time, and I was told by people in Andersonville that the neighborhood would not be welcoming to me. Um, So I found the first place that would rent to me. And then uh, I think it was 10 years later almost, um, I was like, you know, I, I can move to Andersonville if I can, you know, find the right spot. And a place came up right as my lease was coming up, and it just sort of all magically worked out, partially because my mom did all the negotiating because I'm scared of people. So I've been wanting to be here, though, for 16 years. So, Well, speaking of being scared and fear, at first <laughs> glance, Early to Bed appears to be an unassuming mattress shop from the outside. What can customers expect from a visit to your store? And what advice do you have for nervous newcomers, which might help alleviate their fear? Well, the number one goal of my store since the day opened was to make uh, everybody who walks through the door feel as comfortable as possible. And using the first time sex shop 
Walker inner as my base for how I want um, people to be treated. So people who know what they're shopping for, people who know what a sex shop's like, great, we love you, come on in, we're happy to help you. But I want to be that place where someone who has no idea what it's like to be in that kind of environment feels immediately taken care of, immediately respected, immediately um, met with friendly faces, people who know what they're talking about, people who are interested in talking to you about whatever your concern is, where you're, why you're coming to us. I mean, not that it's always a concern, but desires. Um, I want my mom to walk in and feel like it's a place she wants to be. And so uh, I, I really want people to know that it's not scary uh, for me, walking into a sex toy store was really scary the first time. And when I walked in, it was creepy. So it didn't really go against my ideas. And I want really to be, to be that place where people walk in and like, oh, I didn't know it could be so cute. I didn't know it could have, you know, like a little boutique feel to it. And that people were going to be nice to me and answer my questions and be friendly while doing it and not make me feel judged or pressured or any of those things that I felt in other stores. It's so great to hear about the vibe that you strive for because your mission or one of your missions is to spread the good word about positive sexuality. So when you talk about it, it feels really positive. Um, and even though folks have gotten more comfortable with the topic of sex, why do you think it might still be taboo? Oh, it's so ingrained in our culture for sex to be a taboo subject. We're not taught about pleasure. We're taught about plumbing. We're taught about reproduction from a completely non-pleasure-focused standpoint. And so people will go through their whole lives and they'll know about the mechanics of sex. They'll understand how sex is supposed to work or what they see in movies. But no one's ever taught about pleasure as being primary focus of sexuality a lot of times and that it's something that's a right for everybody to access um there's a lot of disconnect between how we feel about our bodies how we're taught about our bodies um there's a lot of misinformation about what can feel good and what is okay to feel good so there's been so many changes in the past 10 years about how we talk about sex or even 15 years, how people access information about sex. But I think our fundamental core of being afraid of being honest about the positive benefits of sex is lagging far behind. And I think that keeps a lot of people nervous to access the information they need or the products that they need or the activities that are really what would be great for them. And we are also going to ask you just, you know, how women might feel about sexuality. Is that something to be ashamed of or something to embrace? And it sounds like um, you kind of address that with what you just said, but what thoughts do you have on that? Well, I think that people who are assigned female at birth and raised in our culture as women have a real disadvantage as to how their sexuality is talked about how it's perceived in our larger culture. There are women's bodies on display for male consumption all the time, but that's not about women's pleasure. And so what I have seen over 16 years of talking to people about sex every day is that there's a lot of dissatisfaction in lots of people's sex lives, but particularly people who are raised female in this culture. A lot of people who don't know what part of their body to touch to feel good. And that we just don't see that same thing with people who were assigned male birth and raised male in our culture. I have not had to have a discussion with a 55-year-old man about how to have his first orgasm. I'm not saying that person's not out there, but I've had <laughs> too many of those conversations with women to count. And I think that 
it's changing. We're on the right path. Um, but it's still something that's seen as taboo and something that just is hard to talk about and people don't know who to talk to. Do you, your doctor is not going to ask you how your sexual functioning is or what, how great are your orgasms? Your friends might not know more than you or it's just not something, you know, nice people talk about. So we like to be that space where someone can ask that question they've never even just known who to turn to before about how their body works or how to make their body feel better. I was listening to um, uh, an interview or a, a lecture that you had given at one point, and you had said um, that there's been studies that the more orgasms men have, it decreases their likelihood of getting prostate cancer, but no such studies had been done on women and the amount of orgasms they had and the sort of benefit to them. The differences in how they study men for all of those things is just so shocking. And when you see things that are supposedly about women, I don't even know if I can say this on this podcast, but like they're about like how healthy for women it is to have men's ejaculation on their skin. It's good. Like there's nothing about or how good it is for um, <laughs> women to receive sexuality from men. There's nothing about no one. I have not seen a study about the benefits of masturbation for women. I have not seen a study, a real like clinical study about this stuff, but for men, and it's the same way with, you know, commercial drugs and all that the whole medical industry is skewed towards, you know, men in that way. But yeah, it's definitely the fact that we're still arguing about whether or not the G spot exists and that people declare yes or no back and forth all the time. I mean, come on, let's just figure it out. We can put people in space. Like, we can't come to some <laughs> definitive conclusion about that when thousands of women report that being a part of their body that's a pleasure center. Let's just move on and have it be a thing. Sorry, rant. No, you're all good. At its core, feminism is the belief in the social, political, and economic equality of men and women. The original ideology is not inclusive and leaves out entire sectors of the population who may identify as trans or non-binary. What does being a feminist or feminism mean to you? I love that question. Um, I My feminist views are very simple in that it, I believe in equality across the genders, that gender should not be... Um, something that puts someone at a disadvantage. So we we don't talk about gender at early to bed in a binary sense. We talk about it in a more inclusive, all genders kind of sense. I believe that anybody, regardless of their gender presentation or orientation or identity, should be treated with the same amount of respect. And that's kind of my baseline of um, feminism, although it changes and evolves kind of constantly. It seems like these may have grown out of your passion and your expertise, but you also have two web stores, FTM Essentials, which provides what you call gender expression gear, and Trans Kids, a site for kids 13 and under. So can you share with us a little bit more about those companies? Sure. So my main business and my is early to bed. The love of my life is still vibrators after all these years. I mean, my wife, but also vibrators. Um, <laughs> but when I started getting into the industry, um, my first customers came from my community, which is the queer community, and a lot of those people were trans-identified and looking for these products, particularly trans-masculine um, folks who were looking for like packing devices to create a bulge in their pants and such. Um, and so being a small store, being interested in serving my community, I kind of made it my mission to include these products as much as I could. Um, at my store, it was a really small market at the time. It has grown exponentially over the 16 years I've been doing this. And so it's always been a big part of what we've done. And we started 
finding that younger folks were shopping online at early to bed and purchasing these what we call gender expression gear. And that started to make me uncomfortable um, because these are not sexual products. They're products just for gender expression. They don't have a fun component, let's say. And so I started FTM Essentials to have a place that was safe for younger folks to shop for these things where it wouldn't be restricted since early to bed is often restricted in public access spaces, which I think is fine. And where they could share the website with their, um, their therapist or their parents and not have to wade through the more fun uh, types of things that we sell in order to look at the thing, like a binder to make their chest flatter, whatever it is they were looking for. Um, and then I started Trans Kids just a couple of years ago, um, basically based because we were starting to have parents who were looking for stuff for their under 13 year olds and this market just didn't exist. Um, and the products that are in the market are definitely not appropriate for size wise for younger folks. And I wanted to also make it a more inclusive space that had resources and books and stuff like that, um, kind of treating more the whole kid. And so I started um, trans kids to have that um, be a resource for parents as well as a place they could buy some ex gender expression stuff that we have specially made for younger folks. Sarah, you're kind of, you sound like a pioneer. Do you <laughs> feel like you are a pioneer? That is a question no one's asked me before. Yeah, I feel like I've taken some risks that a lot of people wouldn't or haven't taken before, all kind of born out of my I, desire to make people happy. Like this all kind of comes from my people pleasingness. Um, I would never call myself a pioneer, but I, I do think that I've had the first, you know, website for trans kids that sells gender expression gear specifically. Um, and I don't think of myself as a risk taker, but it's really easy to start a website, you know, and it's really easy for me to talk about this stuff, to deal with this stuff. And maybe that's my talent in the world is that I'm very comfortable around this kind of things, both gender and sex. And um, I'm hoping that I'm using that strange gift for good. <laughs> so I do what I can. Early to Bed also hosts classes, workshops, and private events. What kinds of classes do you offer, and do you have any coming up that you'd like to share? Well, we offer a wide range of classes. The past couple years, kink-oriented classes have definitely been more popular, so that's what we've been doing classes in that. We have one coming up in May, but in early May, um, about role-playing. We're actually in the midst of revamping how we do our programming. Um, we have been do doing it in a very traditional style on a wide range of topics, but we're kind of rethinking how we're going to do it. Um, so we're sort of in flux there, but we will be offering more stuff probably in the end of summer, beginning of fall. I do a lot of outreach in the community. So I give talks a lot at colleges and social service groups. I have some educators that go out and do stuff. And we usually are talking about just the, how wonderful sex toys can be. And the joys of masturbation is sort of our main outreach that we do. You also serve on the board of the Andersonville Chamber of Commerce, which is something that you've been quoted to say you never <laughs> thought you would do. So uh, beyond this being a plug for getting more involved <laughs> with the chamber, feel free to reach out. What has it been like serving on the board and how has that changed your view of community? It's been great. I mean, I, 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 Grew up in a high school coming to Andersonville as my neighborhood to hang out. The last job I had before I opened the store was at Kopi. Um, 
this has been my neighborhood for a long time to shop from where I shop. Um, and so as soon as I was able to do my business in the neighborhood, I wanted to be a part participant in this neighborhood more than I was. Um, I also felt like I was nervous about being a sex toy store coming into a neighborhood. I don't want to ruffle any feathers. And so being on the board and being able to feel like a totally legitimate part of this neighborhood feels incredible. This is an industry that is, I'm ostracized from the strangest things. You know, there's places I can't advertise. My insurance costs twice as much as everybody else's. I've been booted off my credit card servicing or processor for no other reason than what I sell. Um, Everything is is different for me in a lot of ways. As nice and friendly, as you know, happy as my store is, we're still treated like it we're not. Um, and so to be part of this really vibrant community and to be um, able to participate in the how it is growing is just amazing for me. And it also helped to get, I'm not a very, I'm not going door to door meeting everybody. And so to be able to get to meet the different business owners, to be able to sort of have a structure with which to get to know people better has been really transformative for me and has dedicated me so much more to this neighborhood that, you know, I never thought I would be so excited to go to a board meeting and they're really early, but still for me, (laughs) they're not that early, but they're early for me. Um, the information that I get is so helpful. The, the fact that I feel like I'm contributing to the health of this neighborhood, um, just makes me feel really good. And I really am, I feel really privileged that I have that opportunity to participate in that way. Well, Sarah, it sounds like you're happy where you're at and your business kind of evolves as, you know, culture evolves, as as the country evolves. But if you had to change careers, what would you do? Well, if I had to change careers completely, if you kicked me out of the sex toy industry, I could, I actually would love to like... I don't know. I always want to own a store, but I'd like to own a store that you don't have to do social media for, like a really nice corner store. <laughs> I was going to say, does that store exist in today's know. world? I don't know. Like I always we can poll oh, our business owners. Are we going back right? to the days of yore? Wouldn't that be great? But um, I mean, I I would love to, you know, I don't know, work in women's health, I think, if I were to have to be forced to do something else, I would love to somehow support feminist health care. Like really, it's one of the things that I've become more and more committed to as I've done the work that I've done with my store. Um, but I think that would be a, a great use of my talents, or maybe. Yeah, I agree. So is there another business in Andersonville that you would like to change places with for a day? Well, I mean, of course I would love to change places with women and children first for a day because mm. I can spend hours in there and that has been a very comfortable, warm and welcoming place for me for most of my adult life. Um, but it'd also be, you know, I don't know, fun to change places with anybody that serves drinks and food for a day, you know? <laughs> I don't know. It's hard. I don't know. <clears throat> I'm more worried about who would come and do my job if I had to trade places with them. <laughs> okay. So I wouldn't want them to mess it up. But yeah, I could spend my life at Women and Children first, I think. So our final question, Sarah, is, is there anything else you can tell us about yourself, your career, or your profession that would be interesting or maybe helpful to others, especially other working mothers or other entrepreneurs? Um, I don't know that I have a bevy of wisdom. I get asked all the time from people who are wanting to start businesses either like mine or completely different from mine for advice. And I 
my only advice I ever have for people is that if I could do this, you could probably do whatever you're thinking of doing. I didn't know what I was doing. I took a huge risk, but it wasn't, I mean, I minimized my risk as much as I could. Um, and I was super passionate about what I was doing. And I started my business because I cared about the product and the environment I was creating, not because I cared about starting my own business. I think that it's a very different thing to say, oh, I want to start a business. Hmm, what kind of business can I start? As opposed to, I have this passion for this thing. I need to make this a business. And I think if you don't have that passion for your product or your work or whatever it is that you want to do on your own, that the the stuff that sucks about having your own business can... I think, drive you away from having it be something that you continue to do. I mean, there's a lot of crying in the shower for me. There's a lot of days when you think you're just going to have to close the store forever. There's a lot of like super frustrating moments where you have to choke back your feelings. Um, <laughs> I love it every day though. Um, but I care so much. I still get excited when the UPS guy comes, which luckily is like every day. I still love the product. <laughs> I love the industry. Um, having a kid was a huge challenge to working as much as I would want to work, I think, although I'm not really like a workaholic or anything, but having to structure my life around this person that, you know, I like and that needs more attention, um, has been a challenge, but, um, I didn't do it until we were pretty well settled into the business. So that made it easier. Um, but I just think if you have passion about it, just do it. And the worst thing that happens is you have to go back to some other job you didn't like anyway. So that was my philosophy. Like I could stay in this job I don't like, or I could try this. And then the worst case scenario, go back to that job. So luckily it all worked out. Yes. Well, thank you so much, Sarah, for joining us today. And thank you for listening to Always Andersonville, the podcast. You can find more information about Sarah and Early to Bed by visiting their website at www.earlytobedshop.com and follow them on Instagram at early to bed. For show notes and more information about Sarah, please visit andersonville.org. Always Andersonville, the podcast, is engineered and edited by Andy Miles in Studio C at Transistor, a gallery, shop, performance, recording, and teaching space located at 5224 North Clark Street. Have your own podcast idea? The studio is available to rent please call 872-208-5877 or stop by the store for details.